You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, August 5th. That's right, we're in August, ladies and gentlemen. Isn't that crazy? As always, I'm your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with my baseball-related work at the website Just Baseball, where I'm a staff writer. You can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And then, of course, Lockdown Padres as well, at L-O underscore Padres. Go check that out for all your Padres content. If you want to see whatever shirt I'm wearing, not the coolest shirt in the world, I must say it's a dark, you know, kind of... Kind of ominous shirt, dare I say. A little bit. It's got a nice tree on it, though, so maybe it's not super ominous. Uh, check that out, Lockdown Padres on YouTube. And thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Padres your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Guys, today's episode is going to be a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a departure from what we usually do. I'm going to basically be attempting to give and talk about all the other things that the Padres may have lost and or the potential downside of all the moves that they made at the deadline, right? Just going to talk about that a little bit, talk about the Juan Soto trade a little bit more. Why the hell not? I imagine you guys want to hear about Juan Soto anyway. You know how I know that? The numbers, man. I know you guys have been loving the Juan Soto content. So we're going to talk about that. First, let me just get out of the way. Last night, or I should say yesterday afternoon's game did not go the Padres' way. Uh, unfortunately, Joe Musgrove had one of his worst starts, basically, uh, of the season, which was not very fun and not very good and not very happy, uh, despite the great game on Wednesday. But they lost 7-3 to the Rockies. They still took 3-4, of four, so there's no reason to be really all that upset. Uh, even if they, heck, uh, yeah, after, after Tuesday, honestly, there's no reason to be upset at all. But uh, in the game... Um, Manny Machado struck out twice. There was some questionable umpiring uh, decisions, dare I say, uh, from this game that didn't really go the Padres' way. And that was uh, unfortunate. I did not like uh, seeing that because there was a couple times in some strike three calls on Trent Grisham that didn't go the Padres' way. Um, and there you go. That's just kind of, you know, what happened there? There was a Juan Soto double play that happened in which Manny was on first and he absolutely beamed the ball down the first baseline, but unfortunately right to the first baseman, so that was a little bit unlucky. You had Juan Soto misplaying a ball, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, and the Padres lost. Musgrove, I'm not worried about. He does have to pitch better, but I don't think he's necessarily going to be this guy that shuts down for the whole year and whatnot, guys. It's just one start. Colorado can be a little bit frisky sometimes, so I'm not all that worried about it, and you shouldn't be either, although Musgrove, we need you, buddy. We need you because the Padres, you know, they're they're starting pitching a big part of their success, hopefully, especially come postseason time, is going to be you, sir. But newly extended. The man was having a little bit too much fun. Gave up some big hits, but it's all good, guys. That's not what we're going to be talking about primarily on today's show. Instead, I want to talk about the trade and talk about every single aspect from not just... I want to talk about basically Monday and Tuesday for the San Diego Padres franchise. It's just give or at least attempt to give. Uh, some contrarian arguments to why the downside of these moves. What is the potential downside and whatnot? Let's start first with who we just talked about, Joe Musgrove. Five years, $100 million. Um, There's not too much downside that you would immediately kind of talk about when it comes to this move, right? 
Joe Musgrove has been one of the better pitchers in the league ever since he started you know, developing a more refined pitch mix with the slider, with the curveball especially, uh, instead of just trying to get guys out with his fastball and whatnot. You know, uh, he's improved so dramatically and whatnot. But it's also true that I don't think Joe Musgrove is necessarily this guy where you're going out there and saying, this dude is Jacob DeGrom, this dude is Max Scherzer. Potential downside of this move for the Padres is just what usually happens in baseball. It has nothing to do with Joe Musgrove. You could say, ah, there's just a, a, a part of me that is scared since he's not a pitcher that throws fast. Typically, this isn't a guy who throws upper 90s, but he mixes up and he has just such an unbelievable repertoire of pitches that usually doesn't matter. And even the fastball has a lot of velocity. But the downside of this is just what happens in baseball when guys get paid, which is they start to fall off a little bit. You saw over in Seattle, Robbie Ray has had a little bit rough of going. Marcus Stroman of the Cubs is actually a better example. Robbie Ray's actually improved a little bit, uh, except for against the Astros. Marcus Stroman has been really rough uh, so far for the Cubs, but yeah, and, and he's another guy who doesn't throw necessarily super-duper hard, right? He gets a lot of ground ball outs, and he, he should be a better for them, but you get where I'm going. And you could say, oh, man, the Padres, the downside of this is they just committed to this guy, and if he doesn't work out, that's a lot of money still, $20 million being owed to him every year. And you wonder, ah, oh, man, like this is already a team spending a whole lot of money, so can that hamper them? For a team that also, after next year, they won't have Blake Snell or Yu Darvish. And they gave up Robert Gasser in one of their deals uh, for Josh Hader. So you might wonder, ah, oh, man, on top of not having big prospect pitching, uh, they gave up one of their big prospect pitchers. So that is the potential downside uh, of the Joe Musgrove deal. But all in all, I'm not trying to harp on it too much. The guy's a San Diego native. He deserved it. And you're going to give that deal nine times out of nine. I almost said out of ten. Ten times out of ten, you're giving that deal. Because Musgrove has done a lot for this team, and he's just been a, a great influence, I think, on San Diego Padre culture and fandom, right? He just feels like he's ours. Feels like genuinely a pitcher that is that you can say, that's a Padre. You know what I mean? Like, that's just a guy that we're going to be able to call our own. And that's not really something that Padres fans have been able to say about a lot of people for a while now. I was, I'm still, I still think Tyson Ross was going to be good. I still stand by that. I thought Tyson Ross was going to be really, really good. And he was good for like a season and a half. I really thought that guy was going to be good. I don't know what happened exactly. But nonetheless, guys, not too much of a downside for Joe Mushgrove. The next guy we got to talk about is Josh Hader, right? Josh Hader is, is an interesting one, right? I think that it's funny because usually the thing with relievers that we always bring up is how volatile they can be. I remember the year that Blake Trinan, still a good relief pitcher, I remember when he fell apart the next year. Rizal Iglesias was awesome last year for the Angels, kind of took a little bit of a step back this year. It's amazing how volatile relievers can be, and you wonder... Wow, the Padres gave up Denelson Lamette, they gave up Robert Gasser, they gave up Estuary Ruiz, uh, they gave up, um, wait, who the heck else did they give up? I forgot. Um, they gave up a lot of assets for this guy. And you might be wondering, oh man, like that's, this could be really rough because just, you know, in general baseball terms, uh, baseball, you know, vernacular and whatnot, very volatile position. Sorry, I got a little bit distracted there. There's, it's a fair point. It's a fair point, and I think that the Padres can look at this and say, Milwaukee, and I talked about this when the trade did happen, so I'm repeating myself a little bit, but it's possible that, um, what's it called? It's possible that um, Josh Hader, that the recent string of poor outings that bloated his ERA over four, that it's possible, that it's possible, 
that the Brewers might have been selling now because they're like, we actually think this guy is actually falling off, and we think, hey, you know what? Uh, let's get something out of him while we still can. Estrella Ruiz. He would be a young, controllable player, one of the big breakouts for the Padres minor league system that they desperately needed. He's a super speedster. Hopefully, he can get the bat-to-ball skills also that improved in this year. So that's a pretty good pitcher, too. And Robert Gasser's a guy that my buddy Arm Layton, who comes on the show a lot, really liked. And also, his last name is literally Gasser. I mean, he throws gas. I mean, it's a perfect baseball pitcher name, right? But ladies and gentlemen... Before we continue on about the potential downside of the Josh Hader trade, and of course, talk about Juan Soto some more, let me just quickly talk to you about something very, very, very important, guys. That is BlueNile.com, which helps you out with all your jewelry related needs. Uh, wedding jewelry, fine jewelry, so like diamond jewelry, cocktail rings, gemstone necklaces, whatever it's for. Maybe you just want to give a, a fellow Padres fan something that's yellowish or has that vibe to it whatever because of the what happened this week maybe that's what you want to do do whatever you want man you can do it and they help you choose the setting style the diamond shape size the clarity they got you covered over at bluenow.com guys and let me tell you man they help you make your moment sparkle all right, and going on now is the Blue Nile Anniversary Sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. Guys, as always, thank you for making Lockdown Padres your first listen every day. Free and available on all platforms. Let's continue talking about Josh Hader. We got no time to waste. Forgot to mention they also gave up Taylor Rogers in this deal. Taylor Rogers had been a very effective player for the Padres this year. And you could wonder, hey, maybe he was just going through a bad string of things. His FIP versus his ERA basically since June, early July didn't really match up a lot. And you were wondering, I think this guy is better than what's letting on. That being said, he did blow seven saves, but just as a pitcher overall, you have to think that guy was going to get back to it and at least be a pretty quality arm. That's that's a fair point to make. So that's a lot of assets you're giving up. I'm not even going to try and defend the Nelson the Met part. I give a devil's advocate part to that. They literally designated him for assignment. Denelson the Met. The, you know that babe with the dark castle and then the heavenly castle and it's the person in the middle about to choose? The Tommy John surgery electing not to go that route clearly has not resulted in a lucrative uh, career, uh, it seems, for Denelson Lamet, which is sad. I hope he figures it out. Hey, the Brewers are a pretty good organization at developing stuff, so maybe uh, they can help him figure some things out. But I do think it's kind of telling that they immediately DFA'd him. So that's just one thing. Um, I already talked about Ruiz. already talked about Gasser. And you have to wonder, like I said, if, if Josh Hader is just reaching that point where he could fall off a little bit. He did record a couple Ks, you know, a little, a couple strikeouts in, in, in his debut. You know what I mean? That was kind of nice. But overall, it's possible that are the Padres giving up a lot of assets for a relief pitcher that is potentially on the down. To that, I say to counteract my devil's advocate, strikeout rate is still great. This is a guy who's been dominant for a long time. I don't think it's fair that because he got blown up at the end of July, uh, disastrously blown up at the end of July, that it's fair for you to start saying this guy's done, right? That he's cooked. 
I will say, he's going to cost a decent amount of money. His salary is going to go up next year. But that's the other thing. The Padres have him for another year. So the downside for the Josh Hader trade is just overall, much like how I was mentioning with Musgrove, a general baseball rule of thumb that closers and relief pitchers can kind of fall off a cliff uh, when you sort of least expect it or when you're not expecting it or when you don't need it to happen. Trading that much for a closer, my downside for this also is I wonder if you could have gotten a pretty effective relief pitcher out there, like even a Michael Givens who went to the Mets, Scott Efros who went to the Yankees, maybe some guys from Baltimore. Clearly they were uh, willing to shop. Could you have gone for, you know, um, who was it, Jorge Lopez of Baltimore who got traded? Could you have gone for players like that without giving up as many assets instead of going for the big name in Josh Hader? It's possible, but you know A.J. Preller, he's big game hunting. So that's my negative on the Josh Hader trade. Now let's get into the juicy one. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to keep you guys waiting anymore. I was going to go over Brandon Drew, but let's just go over Mr. Juan Soto right now. Okay. I'm going to do my best to be a devil's advocate. The Padres traded C.J. Abrams, Robert Hassel, James Wood, Mackenzie Gore, and Robert Susana. I'm so sorry that I'm blanking, blanking on his name. Uh, I'm going to Google this really quickly. Um... That's a whole hefty, that is a hefty sum. They also gave up Luke Voigt, who, just in terms of good vibes, that's one devil's advocate of this trade. Oh, man. I, I, I love that guy. I, I really did. I loved it. I love the video of him doing the chess thing with the kid who was also doing the chess thing. I thought that that was hilarious. I'm wishing him nothing but the best over in Washington. I hope he kills it, man. Uh, absolutely kills it. I, I really do. I hope that he, he, maybe not this year, but like later, you know. Um, Jarlin Susanna. Roberto Susanna. I don't know why I said Roberto, but Jarlin Susanna, a young uh, Dominican prospect who might turn into something we don't know. But bottom line is, you know, with that trade, it's about, for me, not the specific prospects. I love Robert Hassel. I think that the Padres have had outfield issues for a while now. Granted, they just got maybe the best one in the game in return. But that is one thing is you were hoping that this guy was going to come up next year and be a really good prospect. And C.J. Abrams feels like he has a really high ceiling. He's probably going to start playing at some point, uh, maybe down the line at the end of the season, just because he, I mean, is so young. That's why you're so excited about him, right? He's gotten Trey Turner comps before. Maybe that's what he turns into. But again, that's down the road. But even still, uh, C.J. Abrams is just, I don't know a single person who's down on C.J. Abrams, so that's a big prospect. And then James Wood, he's the type of guy, I called him a lottery ticket, my mistake, uh, on the show for Wednesday, or Tuesday, Tuesday's show. I didn't mean a lottery ticket in that sense. I meant in terms of just there's a lot of upside, but then also a lot of downside. He's really tall, 6'7", huge guy. He gets pitches. He turns home run balls like low and away. He can hit, th make those like super far home runs. I am losing my words right now talking about him. James Wood has had some really great at-bats where he looks exciting, but also he's super young, super down-the-line type of guy. If this dude was on the Yankees, we might be calling him Jason Dominguez, right? In the sense that he would be getting as much hype as Jason Dominguez was. And Jason Dominguez has been struggling for the Yankees in the prospect system. It's just that the intangibles and the peripherals are just throwing... Everybody's freaking out because they're like, this is the next Aaron Judge. James Wood, really, really high ceiling. Dare I say, probably higher than Robert Hassel. I don't know about higher than C.J. Abrams. But, you know, that's a, 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 you know, a big-time prospect that really developed over the last year or so, which probably allowed the Padres to make this trade. Then you've got... Um, you know, the, the rest of this, which is that Juan Soto, two and a half years, that's great. 
but it's a whole lot of assets to give up for one player. In general, that's how baseball works. You don't like to give up a ton of assets for one player. I think that with Soto, a big part of this trade is that, how do I put this? It's possible that the Padres just might need more depth down the line. I guess I'm really trying to give a, a, a counterexample, guys, right? Like, I'm trying. You could say that Juan Soto's biggest deficiency is defense. That is the biggest thing. You saw him misplay a ball in yesterday's game. He probably should have caught that or at least made a better play on it. He didn't look right out there. And it's interesting because he wasn't an awful defender in 2021, actually. But that's basically been the Achilles heel of Juan Soto. Now, granted, let me be very clear. Juan Soto, his bat... And like I said, never had an on-base below 400. You saw that he can get the walks. He doesn't swing at garbage. Second lowest uh, whiff rate in the league. That with Juan Soto, this is like a six-war player, right? At minimum, apparently, like a six-war player, even despite some of the shortcomings uh, in the outfield, you know? And if you look at defensive runs saved, if you look at outs above average, uh, he's not the best uh, in those categories, right? If you look at this year, I'm trying to pull up the baseball savant page uh if you look at his, his stuff this year he's been in the lowest area when it comes to outfield jump when it comes to out, outs above average he's been pretty mediocre and for the padres for a long time they haven't had ace defensive players jerks and profile really solid out there i think that a lot of his defensive value came in the first month of the season uh when he got like a crap ton of outfield assists which granted it was the beginning of the season but he's not incredible but he's pretty good then you've got Trent Grisham he's a pretty good defender even if the offense kind of lags behind him and then Juan Soto he's 20 or I'm sorry he's 19th he's in the 19th percentile in outfielder jump his reaction time hasn't been great and most importantly outs above average he is in the bottom first percentile which is not good whatsoever that is probably what holds back Juan Soto from being the overall best player in the league, right? And it's weird because I actually don't know if this is a case of, let's say, Manny Machado, right? Manny Machado, his last year, or one of his last years in Baltimore, they moved him to shortstop, and he became atrocious defensively. If you looked at the stats, he had a lot of errors, he had his defensive war was really bad, and part of me was wondering, is this just because he's on a historically bad Orioles team, a historically bad defensive Orioles team too, and is he kind of lollygagging it a little bit? Maybe a little bit, or maybe his heart isn't totally in it. I don't know. This year with Juan Soto, is it possible that he's on this terrible Nationals team you know, along with Josh Bell, don't get me wrong. And he's like kind of losing a little bit. And then he has these contract issues that I wonder if there's a mental aspect that affects his defense. I'm wondering that even more because last year he was in the 90th, 90th percentile and outs above average among outfielders, which is nuts. And his sprint speed, his outfielder, um, you know, reaction time and all that outfield jump, he was in 50th percentile. So I'm wondering, is this like a little bit of a Tatis scenario, right? Where this doesn't match up. I, I don't believe you go from being one of the best defenders with the outs above average to the worst when you're 23 years old, when you're that young. I don't believe it's got to be somewhere in the middle, right? But even still, that is the one downside of Juan Soto. And you say, hey, this is a guy, he's going to be getting paid a whole lot of money. Can you extend him? Is going to be another question. I imagine the Padres are down to try and do it. Will they do it? I don't know. And if they do it, man, it's like a billion dollars tied up at the three players. And just in general, that can be kind of tough. I mean, go look at the Angels. Sometimes if the depth doesn't, if the depth falls through, that could be an issue, right? 
We're going to talk a little bit more about the depth in a second, guys, to conclude this very odd Fun Friday episode of this podcast, guys. But before we talk about that, if you want to bet on the Padres to win the World Series, there is one place to go. Your number one source for all your betting needs, ladies and gentlemen. That is betonline.net. Ladies and gentlemen, you can find reviews and news of every league, not just baseball, but the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Got you covered, man. They got all the podcast wagering information that you need. Maybe you want to make some uh, bets on football. I know I might be doing that soon because it's coming up soon, man. Let me tell you. Crazy to think that football is going to be here soon, by the way. Wild. The baseball playoffs are going to be here soon before you know it. So, guys, go to Bet Online where the game starts. Guys, let's continue talking. Talked about Juan Soto, talked about the deficiencies of the trade, and just the fact that overall, it's a lot of assets to give up. But one of the things that I loved about the Padres deadline is that they also acquired some depth, and that is in the form of Brandon Jury and Josh Bell. Let's talk about those guys really quickly. Uh, Josh Bell, I am surprised, was included in the trade with Juan Soto. I was a little bit surprised that they also gave him away in that trade and that other teams didn't jump in. Josh Bell does play some DH. I get that. And that trading for a DH sometimes doesn't net you a lot of value, especially when he's only here for half a season, right? Totally fair. But even still, he can play first. Sometimes he even made a little bit of a scoop his first game. That was nice. With Josh Bell, I think Josh Bell has been somewhat perennially underrated. Don't get me wrong. This guy maybe isn't the super duper star prospect that some people had for him. But every year, I mean, this is a guy who hit 37 home runs one year. The negative of this is that Josh Bell is leaving after this season, or at least he's going to be a free agent, right? That's also the negative of Brandon Drury. Two guys that are going to be free agents, and you wonder, can the Padres retain them and also retain Juan Soto with all the assets you just gave up? With Will Myers coming off the books, I know he's not effective, but the Padres will have to wonder, all right, what's going to be the, the lineup of the team going forward? Don't get me wrong, I'm still four. The idea of going for it right now. If you really want this to be your super duper year, and then you're hoping down the line you can be good too if it doesn't work out, but this is your super duper year, I understand that. But that means you don't have potentially a first baseman next year, you don't have a utility guy in Brandon Drury, that could be a little bit of an issue. Yes, I know. You could potentially move Tatis around, you could potentially move Hassan Kim around, and Jake Cronenworth the first. I get it. But in general, that is one thing to worry about with this. But overall, Josh Bell, not the best defender at first base, but uh, with Eric Hosmer having been playing uh, first base for the Padres lately, um, yeah, it's uh, still an improvement. He doesn't strike out a lot. He walks a lot, which is very, very good. And when he does make contact, he does pretty well. I like that on top of being a batting average and on base guy, he has a little bit hint of power. And that's what kind of I like about him. I think that this is a guy who's motivated and has performed quietly very well. Even last season, this isn't a one-hit type of wonder thing for Josh Bell, right? This is not Adam Frazier 2.0, where none of the stats really changed, you know, whatsoever. His hard hit rate didn't go up, and his defense didn't necessarily go up. Instead, his BABIP was through the roof, and he was just performing uh, well in the first half, and then he stunk for the Padres, right? Josh Bell has had very good seasons before. Um, What's it called? Uh, I'm looking at the wrong thing. Where am I looking at? Yeah, in 2021, he slashed 261, 347 with a 476 slugging percentage, knocked in 27 bombs. Just a solid player. I actually would not be surprised if the Padres are able to keep one of these two guys, potentially. 
I'd like to keep Josh Bell personally because I'd like to just not worry about first base ever again. You know, I think Padres fans have deserved that, but we'll see. Um, with the downside on that, we'll see how kind of Josh Bell performs. Hopefully, he can be very good. Again, this is a guy who's hit 37 home runs before, but lots of assets. So it means that the team is more built for now. That is true. It is more built for this next half of the season. But you have to wonder what's going to happen when these guys come off the books because you just gave Joe Musgrove a contract. You want to extend uh, Juan Soto, even if you don't have to, but you're going to want to ha- have to do that. Josh Hader's salary is going to go up. You know, you, you still got Blake Stell and you Darvish on the books. You have Tatis. You have all these guys on your team. So it's at least worth pointing out. And with Brandon Drury being a free agent, Jerickson Profire, I believe, has a player option this year. And since he's had such a great season, he might opt out. And then that leaves you without the utility sort of guys that you really want to have on your team. So that's a little bit of a downside. With Brandon Drury, this is his breakout season um, for sure. He's always been a guy that people have raved about, that he works super hard, that he's got a lot of talent. And he's finally putting it together this year. In his first game for the Padres, too, he hits a grand slam. And in his second game, in today's, hold on, yesterday's game, it looked like he might have hit another home run, right? Like, he was very close. Manny Machado also, by the way, just for the record, I think the Padres made really good contact and what have you. So, like, I think that they, you know, it's, it's fine. I still like what I saw. But Drury hits a grand slam in his first game. Brandon Drury this year, one of the more underrated players in baseball, I think. He's been awesome. His war is great. All that stuff. This year, he is slashing and astounding uh, 274, 335, 520 slugging percentage. The strikeout rate isn't great, um, but more than that, more than just the strikeout rate, he hasn't really done this before. He's never had an on-base percentage, with the exception of this year, above 307. So it's possible that the Padres trade Victor Acosta, who maybe you just wanted to keep as an asset just for sake of having assets, given that you gave up so much in the Juan Soto and Josh Bell trade, should you have kept someone, kept Victor Acosta for somebody else potentially in the offseason or for someone else potentially down the road where you say, let's plug in maybe a, a utility infielder that we might like if Hassan Kim doesn't do well or if Jake Cronenworth doesn't do well, that's totally possible, right? It's possible that the Padres maybe bought a little bit high on this guy. And the other thing with him is that he played for the Reds which means he played half of his games at Great American Ballpark, uh, the Cincinnati Red Stadium, which is one of the best and most hitter-friendly parks in all of baseball. Up there with cores, very secretly. Cores can inflate your batting average a whole lot, but man, people go nuts with the Cincinnati Reds. And a lot of people, you know, they've seen what Nick Castellanos has turned into this year. I think that guy will figure it out, don't get me wrong. But it's worth pointing out that away from Great American Ballpark, first season he's struggling, that's pretty rough. You know what I mean? Like, that's pretty rough for Nick Castellanos. So is it possible that Drury isn't going to be as good? Well, WRC Plus numbers away versus home? Yeah, he's better at home. Significantly. About a 130 area for Mr. Uh, Brandon Drury. And then about 118 away. So he's still an above-average player. I think the big thing with him is that he's an above-average bat and can play multiple positions and give the Padres power. Right? That's a big thing. Like I said, heading to the deadline. I've said this a lot. Really low in home runs, really low in slugging percentage. Some of the worst numbers in all of baseball. So, Brandon Drury, can he replicate that success? We'll have to see. And that's really kind of the the biggest downsides that I have for this. Juan Soto's defense, the overall assets that you give up. Remember, guys, assets matter. Did we think heading into the season that Juan Soto was available? No. All of you guys were begging me to uh, to tell the Padres they got to sign Nick Castellanos or Chris Bryant or Kyle Schwarber. 
or some of these other guys, right? Or Starling Marte. Instead, they didn't. They get Soto. You never know what's kind of, you know, going to come your way in the future. And I'm saying that because the Padres do have stuff around them. I'm not saying that these other teams who perpetually hold on to prospects forever and also don't have super established guys. I'm talking about the Padres in terms of you clearly have the pieces, but you want to choose those final pieces carefully, if that makes any sense, right? So you got to be careful with that. And in general, hey, you want you want a good reminder? Jake Cronenworth, still a good player. I think he's just having one of those somewhat inexplicable years where you're just a little bit down. Still a good player, still a good defender, still really versatile. Hey, were you expecting him to be like this this year? No. So you never know what happens in the future with certain guys. Some guys less likely than others. This is what happens in baseball. And that's why it's fun to have your C.J. Abrams where you're like, yeah, we think we have the future at second base and whatnot. But if it doesn't work out, we've got that guy C.J. Abrams down there. You know what I'm saying? So that is what to keep in mind, guys, with this trade. But that being said, let me be clear. You do the trade 100 times out of 100. You made the Cardinals look stupid and them not wanting to give up either a Dylan Carlson or a Jordan Walker, the prospect. The fact that they were cheap on that end, you want to go for it. This is a team that has not won, right? It's not like this is a team that's trying to make it back and they've had really a lot of success and their fans are used to it. This is a team starving for success. This is a team that Derek Norris was like something to be excited about not too long ago, right? That's something to keep an eye on, right? Absolutely, but all in all, Overall, really exciting stuff. I'm going to talk about this trade a whole lot of times. We're going to be talking about Juan Soto a whole lot. But that would be my thing with the team. Overall, there are still a lot of questions. And you're wondering, in general, were the assets worth it? The answer is yes. But we're going to see how it all plays out, guys. And I personally think it's going to. There's a feeling of terror that this lineup inspires when you're playing them. Not necessarily the case before. Even when, even if they had Tatis, I don't know if they inspired fear. Instead, they're a team that put together wins and whatnot. But now they inspire fear in opposing teams. Ladies and gentlemen, that's about it for today's episode. Next week, probably going to be doing, not probably, going to be recapping uh, the series against the Los Angeles Dodgers this weekend. What a banger series that's going to be. Cannot wait for that. That's going to be a blast. Cannot wait to talk about it. I'm going to be staying up super late watching those games. Will the rivalry be back? Right? It was on hold for a little bit. But now? Oh, <laughs> man. Uh, you might get some spice, guys. There might be some spice. I, I smell it. Because it's. I know it's going to be in LA, but the spice, the fans are going to feel it. So, very excited for that. And then on Tuesday, probably going to be talking about Eric Hosmer a little bit more in depth. Do one final episode on him. A goodbye to Mr. Eric Hosmer and talk about him a little bit more and my experiences covering him and talking about him on this show and all the in-betweens. Can look forward to the article on Just Baseball as well. But with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from Follow me on Twitter at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, at L-O underscore Padres on Twitter as well. Lockdown Padres on YouTube. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. I fire faithful homies. Take care.